Yo, 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 this is Fantasy Bums, your host, Jaime Carabello, with your other Fantasy Bum, Naz Bada. Today's episode, we're going to be going over our top 10 consensus on running backs, uh, updated list. And so to kick it off, Naz, are you ready? Uh, I think I was born ready for this. I'm talking about fantasy football here, so I live and die for this kind of stuff. Oh, do you? So, yeah. So, fans and our listeners, we compiled our picks and put them together, put our uh, bum minds together, and came up with our consensus top 10. So, we're going to be reviewing that top 10, telling you why we made those decisions, how we feel about that, and then give you some updated information as well, too. But, you know, I, I, before we, the topic at hand, I actually want to go over one quick thing as far as the latest news on a couple of key fantasy players that can make an impact on your team. And obviously the first one that comes top of mind is uh, Antonio Brown. And I know you being a Raiders fan as how do you feel about Antonio already starting to starting his antics and picking up right where he left off in Pittsburgh? Um, I think, I think I, he would, I wish he was still on the Pittsburgh Steelers tell you the truth. Uh, for fantasy owners, it's if you were targeting him in the second round um, and you're still a fan of what he can do uh, just because of the target share being there, um, you can get him in the third round if you want to take that risk. So the value is still there in the third round. Um, but I'm, I'm just not willing to deal with the headache. And if he's worrying about, you know, the helmet issue, wanting to wear his helmet, um, you know, there's over 2,000 NFL players in the league. He's the only player in the NFL that made the big deal about this. Tom Brady, um, you know. He's dealing with it like a grown-up. Yeah, he dealt with it like a grown-up. Um, and the problem was is that every NFL player, they, they warned them five years ago um, about this. This was supposed to be a change. Last year, they went through the helmet testing. Um, so it wasn't like these players weren't prepared for this. So it's, it's a pain in the behind that we're dealing with this. The report came out today that he's going to be heading back to camp and he'll be dealing with fines if he decided to wear it. Um, you know, it is what it is, but it's just a headache. Uh, if he's making a big deal about something like this, you don't, you don't know what he's going to do during the regular season. So it scares me. It scares me. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like he's uh, already picking up and it's not only that, but just more reports, obviously more reports are starting to surface. It started off with the foot, the feet. I mean, the cryogenic uh, burning of his cold, you know, burning his feet. And now, on top of that, you're getting reports about him uh, during meetings, um, really being on his phone more than paying attention in meetings, being late to meetings. And it just seems like this guy's just, he's not really about the team and he's just only about himself. And it's like A, B, A, B. But what about the team? So I just, I'm kind of worried about, you know, uh, that young nucleus that they're trying to build in Oakland and how that's going to affect them. And it just seems like kind of a bad situation. So I know HBO is like loving this because this is like drama and it's just going to drive up their ratings. And it's great for, for, I guess, for drama and great for, uh, for HBO with Hard Knocks. And so, I mean, they couldn't have, they couldn't have scripted any better. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, so it's so that. But then uh, the other topic, man, what do you think about Dak Prescott? $40 million? Um, 
Well, I mean, the problem is is that Wentz got 32, right? Um, and he hasn't played a full season. So I think that he feels that, you know, he's worth what – obviously you're worth what anyone's willing to pay you, right? That's that's the first thing. So True. based on what Wentz has received, he feels that his value is, you know, higher than that because of what his performance is. A playoff win, played every game. Um, obviously yards per completion is there. Um, touchdowns are not there. But he just feels that if he's comparing – based off what other quarterbacks in his division in the class they came in with, um, the value is there. So, I mean, 30 million was offered to him a year. I think the report saying he turned it down. Um, I, I think that he's willing to settle for what Wentz got. If I'm hoping, I mean, I don't think he's better than Wentz, but if he has a target share that he wants to go after and that's where he's at 32 million, I, I don't think he's going to take minimum. I'm more than less than that. So, um, that's why I think it's important because he has a little leverage based off of that. Yeah. And now I can, and I was just talking to a couple of uh, friends and, and I remember when Derek Carr, that got that deal and I was like, man, how could you guys pay him? But that deal is looking like very friendly right now. I wish, I mean, yeah, I wish we would have, you know, got a $20, $20 million quarterback, but now, like you said, he wants to get that 30, but then there's also conflicting reports that pro football focus just came out with. And also, um, Chris Mortensen from ESPN talking about how um, that 30 million isn't exact. And I guess maybe it's all in the language and it's maybe it's not fully guaranteed, but obviously somebody on the Cowboy side leaked this information out. And I think they're just trying to strong arm them and, and uh, get the upper leverage, you know, and, and just make it seem like, Hey, Dax really wants 40. We offered him 30, but yeah, but we'll yeah, see. I, just, I don't think he's worth 40 million. So I mean, oh, no, I, 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 if he gets forty million, I think that's going to ruin your guys' chances of having a good future moving forward. I mean, he's not yeah. worth forty million dollars, so no. you know that it is what it is with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, this is just a couple of the top top uh, things that are going on around the NFL right now. And I thought we should just touch on it and uh, and go from there. But yeah, let's, let's go to the topic at hand. You know what we came here tonight to do, and that's the top ten running backs. And like I said, we put our brains together and we came up with the fantasy bums top 10 running backs for this year. And we're going to run through our list and then we're going to talk about why we made the decision and how comfortable we feel about it. How's that sound? It sounds perfect. Uh, so I, yeah, let's just go through the list and let's go yeah. one through 10 and we'll go, we'll circle back and, you know, give, give our listeners a reason why we think uh, fantasy bums is a site where people need to be at to get their rankings. I mean, they, they should already know this by now. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right. So we have obviously consensus number one, Barkley. What, yeah. what can we say about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at his average draft position in ESPN, um, every pretty much website right now, it, it's 1.7 on an average um, through the fantasy industry. So um, it's not just us, it's everyone else in the industry. So Barkley hands down uh, should be taken number one in every draft. Yeah. And especially with all the receivers going down, I mean, this, the targets are going to be there in the volume. I can easily see this guy getting close to 400 touches. That's scary, but I can actually really see him. And all those, I mean, especially in the PPR league, I mean, all those little dink yeah. and dunks that Eli's just going to be throwing because the, I mean, realistically giants office line isn't that good. So Eli's, 
going to have to get rid of the ball quick. And I mean, who's he going to be fighting for targets until pretty much, I mean, golden, uh, golden Tate's going to be out for a while. And then you have Sterling Shepard a little bit banged up. Um, and then, so you have Evan Ingram. So it's pretty much the Evan Ingram and, uh, Barkley show till, um, well, Sterling and then when Sterling Shepard gets back healthy. Yeah. I mean, right now, Giants offensive line is ranked 18 in the NFL. Um, I, I, you know, my Nostradamus prediction right now, Barkley goes for 2000 all purpose yards. He'll be the youngest, uh, NFL player to ever do it. Um, there's no reason why he can't, um, you know, I compare Barkley to Bo Jackson and Barry Barry Jan- I mean Barry Sanders mixed in one. Um, there's nothing this guy can't do. Uh, by far the best athlete we've ever seen since Adrian Peterson. Uh, he he he's a must have in every league. Yeah, I I agree. And lucky I have him in our one of our leagues coming up. He's one of my keepers, so I'm pretty excited to start off with uh, Saquon. Oh yeah, you're. I mean. Yeah, you're 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 in a good position, especially if you have the number one overall pick. I mean, you're you can pick up McCaffrey, Kamara. You're going to be sitting sitting well if you got that oh, number one overall pick. Watch out! <laughs> watch out! Cash is coming my way. Mm. All right, uh, number two, we have Kamara, and Kamara and McCaffrey. They're kind of in. You know, that's where that area there is. You know, you can either go either way, but we have as far as our consensus Kamara and again you know with Kamara he's in a good offense the the touches are going to be there um the only concern I would have is just Latavius being a touchdown vulture and just taking some of those touches away but I mean still he's still going to dominate the touches correct correct so um you know per game let's just compare the two right so right now, Barkley finished two overall in fantasy last year, um, per game fourth. Uh, Kamara finished fourth overall in per game per five. Um, attempts, Barkley had 261, Kamara had 194. That's where the big separation between those two. Um, Barkley finished with 1,300 yards plus, and then Kamara a little bit over, close to 900, 883. Um, so I don't see the attempts going up. I see it in that 200 range with Kamara. I mean, Latavius Murray is um, in a better situation. He was in Minnesota. I know Murray died at the end of the year with Minnesota regarding the the amount of rush attempts that he had. Uh, but he looked good in week one preseason. Um, and I don't know if that's just what we're going to see, but he looked good. So um, the good thing about Kamara is that he had 25 red zone uh, rushing attempts in 2018, and he just he finds the end zone. I love it. He finished with 14 rushing touchdowns. Uh, Barkley finished with 11. So, you know, if you if you're just looking at the rushing attempts, Barkley has them. Um, and the and the the thing is, is you would think that Kamara would be a person that would have more receptions and more targets, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Barkley finished with 91 receptions. Bark uh, Kamara with 83. Targets were one to one twenty one compared to Kamara's one oh five. So Barkley is just an overall beast. I mean, he does he does it all for the Giants. Um, there's nothing that this guy does not do. So I mean, hands down, he should be he should be he should be number one taken off every board. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, you even look look at the snap count. Uh, Barkley had 553 snaps. Uh, Kamara 650. Yeah, we're so, talking about uh, Barkley's in a unique situation where I mean, not only does he do all those different things, but he's a bell cow, like a true bell cow, where you can just feed him the ball 20 times, give him 20 carries, 20 to 25, and then he's going to give you at least you know five to six targets, maybe a game minimum. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I I love it. I mean, there was a point where you know, I had Kamar ahead of him because I just thought he would just be that bell cow. But it just that system in, in New Orleans, they just love what Kamara does and they keep him healthy and the rest attempts are never gonna be what we'll see in, with Barkley. And uh there's there's no doubt in my my mind that I don't see Barkley doing um a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing this year and, and I, there's no there's no way that he can't. This this guy's this guy's a beast. Well, it's good to see that you're coming around to my predictions that I said, and I know earlier couple. I think you had uh, McCaffrey at number one at one point. I, I did, but then I did right. have right. Saquon yeah. at number one. <laughs> well, I think I think this is the getting down. I mean, we're two weeks away from majority everyone drafts um, rankings. Got to be set, ready to go. I know we're massaging them a little bit more, but I'm very happy with my top ten currently right now. Good. All right. Uh, next, next, next person that we have is that we have Christian McCaffrey. Correct, uh, McCaffrey. Um, I think I think everyone's happy with McCaffrey. Um, so this guy, I mean, we have McCaffrey at three, and we have Ezekiel at four. Correct. Correct. Okay. So these these two right here, I think this is the closest comparison where it comes down to um, who can be three or four, right? If, if Zeke was playing, he could, he could have been, he could have been two, he could have been three, he could have been four. These top four could have gone any way. Well, actually two through four could have gone any way in my eyes. Barkley's hands down number one. Um, but when it comes down to three and four, man, these two right here, I mean, you're, we're, 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 this is hard for me to decide on, who to pick of these if Ezekiel it was in camp currently today. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, if Zeke was playing, I mean, if he was already in camp now, but um, I just have a kind of a, a hunch that he is going to come back as soon as they break back to the star after the Rams and Cowboy game in Hawaii, when they head back towards Texas, I have a feeling that that contract is going to be situated and taken care of. But, and this is a big but, uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell taught us a lesson, and I really believe that if you draft Zeke this early, and you're going to have to really back up your and, and ensure yourself and really pick up Tony Pollard. If you don't pick him up, you're going to be hurting. Correct. Because if Tony Pollard becomes, he gets significant time um, going forward, I can see him easily sliding into like an RB2 role minimum um, with that offensive line. And from what I've been seeing, um, as far as what hear the news I've been hearing out of camp, he's been looking really sharp really good and so 
I just really think if you're really going to take that risk and, and go with Zeke, then you better back yourself up with that Tony Pollard. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Winning fixes everything, right? So if he doesn't report and they don't sign him, and I really think they will, right, and they have Pollard in with that offensive line, that's the second-best offensive line in the league, right, and they're winning, there's no real rush for Elliott to come back, right? I mean, it's the whole Emmett Smith thing. So Emmett Smith missed the first two games. They signed him. They won the Super Bowl, right? Are we going to repeat what's what's happening? Um, so my only my only worry is is that you know when people usually hold out and they do stuff like that, there's an injury that comes along with it, right? And I know that he's a freak athlete, uh, but we've seen this over the history in, in fantasy sports where a player sits out and now they pull up with a hand. Right. It happened to Bell. You know, what I mean, players start off slow. So that's what I don't like in this situation is that that's my worry. Right. If something like that would happen to Ezekiel Elliott, where it would affect him based off an injury because he's not in pads, he's not playing football every day. It's different. Um, so that is my biggest issue with uh, Elliott this year. Um, but let's let's go over the numbers right here. So. Compare three and four in our rankings. Uh, McCaffrey had 219 carries. Elliott had 304. Uh, 1,400 yards uh, for Elliott plus, and then a little bit over almost 1,100 for McCaffrey. So McCaffrey is a beast. He's 5.5.0 in uh, yards per attempt. Um, three better than Elliott at 4.7. Obviously, he's more attempt, so you know their the average is going to be a little bit less there. Uh, but seven touchdowns, and this is where the big surprise for me is. Um, McCaffrey outdid him in touchdowns, rushing rushing touchdowns. McCaffrey had seven, uh, six for Elliott. And I don't really like that. I, I, when I expect Elliott, I see I need double digits, right? He, yeah, you, you would expect that, yeah. And I think a lot of have had to do that with Scott Lennon-Hans playing calling, which is just horrible when they get down to the red zone. I'm really glad he's gone. Uh, but you said that's like no excuse. If you're in the red zone and you have Zeke back there, why wouldn't you give him the ball four times? Correct. Correct. So I, I just hope um, that changes. Uh, this was a big year for Elliott uh, with targets. He had 95 targets, caught 77 of them. Um, but this is huge for this is McCaffrey's. This is McCaffrey's where McCaffrey shines. He led all running backs in targets, 124. Uh, next to him was uh, James White with 123, and then Barkley at 121. Those are the top three. So that's where I love McCaffrey. And we're, we're talking PPR, and that's why he's number three on everyone's ranking because he is a wide receiver out there. He caught 107 catches uh, with a total of 867 yards, six touchdowns to Elliott's three touchdowns. So Elliott finished with under – he had finished with nine touchdowns. He didn't get to 10, and that's very surprising with a running back uh, that has led the league two out of the last three years in rushing. Um, so that's where my big worries. I'm just hoping that um, Elliott and, and it's like the whole Julio Jones thing, he needs touchdowns. Um, that's what would make him the number one running back in fantasy football. If he just continues to do what he does, and the touchdowns, you know, double or get to. 12 or 13 or whatever the case is where he should be in that offense with that line, the defense being a lot better. There should be no reason why he's not up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And then uh, the other thing about Christian too that um, I don't know if you've ever seen his uh, Instagram lately, but man, that guy looks like he's put on some size, which I don't know if that's a telling sign that that means he's going to be getting a, a little bit of a more work this year, which is exciting as well too. And then again, second, another year under North Turner's offense. I think he's just going to be that much better this year. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, having some opportunities of getting some shares of uh, McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey and Kamara both put on size this off season. So that's, that's huge. Um, and I do, I do, um, I do want some shares of, I will take any of the top four, to tell you the truth. Like I talked to some buddies on, we're asking for fantasy advice and he had the fourth pick in the draft and someone wanted to trade it for the eighth. I, I mean, to get anywhere in the first four picks, I would love it. I would love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. So, yeah. So that was right, so one, now, two, three. Yeah. It puts us at number five. So not in the top four. So now you're going into opportunities where, I mean, some people are looking at receiver at this point right now, but you know, we're not talking about that now, but as our fifth, fifth ranked running back, we have David Johnson, who used to be the guy we used to think that would have the capabilities of going for 2000 all purpose yards, um, last year. And he was a consensus number one pick last year. And he just totally bombed it last year for whatever reason. It just, you know, wasn't, I mean, obviously we know now, I mean, it's bad quarterback play, just a bad team in general. And so, are we really thinking that he's going to be the David Johnson of two years ago? Well, we're hoping, right? Um, he, the, the, the hope, and I, I think this is where everybody's thought process is with this, right? The hope why we think David Johnson is going to bounce back is new offensive coordinator, new offensive coach, new quarterback. Um, it's just going to boost the whole offense, Right. Talent is there. We we saw that his rookie year, and everybody wanted shares with him last year. Um, so we saw that. Now, here, here the problem is is that they're ranked currently right now bottom. They are. Uh, let me just look at their rankings for offensive line really quick. Um, one second. Sorry, I didn't have that set up. Oh, so, why are you pulling that up? The other, yeah, you, I know you're going into the offensive line ranking. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so they're they're ranked thirtieth in their offensive line. So that's that's the the big issue, right? You're you, when you're drafting a running back, you want to at least get um, a running back that has a, a, a decent offensive line. If it has an, an awesome off, uh, offensive line, then great, right? So. But you, but- but you know what he he does have, and what's the best friend for a a situation like that is having somebody like Kyler Murray back there, like that Michael Vick, and I think he's going to have that same uh, effect in the NFL that Michael Vick did, but just even a better passer than Michael Vick. But if you have a quarterback like that, you can't your defensive line and whatnot can't just tee off on yeah, our- Kyler Murray because. It's going to open up some holes. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I if you're talking about the RPO and you know, them worried about him running, like I get that. But at the end of the day, you're still in a situation where the offensive line is, is poor, right? So we, we've had that situation with Gurley three years ago, right? Terrible offensive line. You, you terrible, quarterback. 
Yeah, yeah, I get it. But there is a chance, there is a chance that you can get the same Todd Gurley that I mean David Johnson that you got last year. Correct. Yeah, I, I think so. I, uh, like I said, I, mean, I, I know that the offensive line is bad. I know you're pointing that out for for our, our listeners. But, um, you know, my thing is that I, I think, and I'm pretty sure you can agree to this, is that when you have a mobile quarterback like that, it really helps out your running game a lot. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. you have to defend that guy. Now you just can't put everybody to, you know, focus in on the running back, and that's the only runner there. No, in this situation here, you have Kyler Murray back there. You have to be conscious and aware of where that guy's at and if he still has the ball. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, you make you make a great point, and I, and I agree that that could be the situation there. Um, and, and the good news is that David Johnson, you know, he towards the end of the year, he, you know, he had big games. So even with that offensive line they had last year, so he had he had big game possibilities. But just going over, you know, he averaged seventeen points per game. Um, so I mean, that finished his he finished number eleven overall in running back. So it's it's not like he had a bad season. Um, but it feels like it though, right? <laughs> you just you don't want to take somebody in the first round that finishes there. So that's where the pop the problem is with me. So just going over his stats. Per uh, fantasy points per game, he finished 14th overall. I do apologize. Uh, 10th overall in all running backs. Um, He had 258 rushing attempts, 940 yards, didn't get to 1,000 yards. Uh, Here's the big problem. He averaged 3.6 per attempt. Um, Only seven touchdowns. And this is where you really get the whole David Johnson situation, right, is the target. And this is where – it went completely AWOL where you're like, well, why was he not, why is he not catching balls? Like that's just something you would get from David Johnson. And that didn't happen last year. He had 76 targets, 50 receptions for only 446 yards and three touchdowns. That's where the, that's where the big, you know, where it really hurt him. Cause that's what we expect. David Johnson have a hundred targets, you know, 120 targets, 110 targets, 90 receptions, you know, 900, 700 yards and, and, you know, six to seven touchdowns. So if that can come back, he can finish in the top 10, you know, Sign me top up. five. Yeah. Sign, Sign me up for me that. Up. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. So he is number five on our rankings. So, and that comes down to number six. And I think this is the big gamble on everybody's radar going into the draft. Mr. Le'Veon and Bell. We're talking about Mr. Le'Veon Bell. So, Pain. you know, I I want to talk about Le'Veon. This is probably one of my favorite running backs uh, going into last year. Uh, one and two on the on everyone's radar on every draft. I think you drafted him. I think you he was such so your favorite that you drafted him in every single league, at least that I was aware of, and that you were that I was part of. Majority of the leagues. If he fell to me and I had the, the opportunity to draft him, I was drafting him. I wanted Sharon Bell last year, and obviously uh, that didn't work out. But I, I think what's happening now is the whole people forgot how good they, Bell is. People just forgot. Like this guy is a amazing running back. He's smooth. He has all the skill set. He can block. He can catch. He can run. He's fast. He's power. He has everything you want. Now, he doesn't have the best offensive line. They're ranked 28th in the NFL. Um, but 
it, it, I, I see them like oh, being behind. I see him doing the whole um, check down with him. Like I, I see him getting a lot of targets. He's going to, he's going to add value and he's falling, you know, late in the first round in drafts right now. Um, so you can get somebody that's going to get 16 to 24 carries a game, right? He's, he's going to get majority of the snaps. He's going to be in the, like, he's going to be involved. Like I love Bell this year. Um, you know, he's six on my rankings. He's six on our, our overall rankings. So he, this is a guy, if he falls to me six overall and he's there, I, I'm taking him. I have no doubt in him. I, I believe in him this year. I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, I could see that working out for him. But like I said, I have do have my concerns just because he's been one year out of football. And, <clears throat> you know, he. I would have been more comfortable, I guess, if he would have been part of OTAs and mini camps and, I mean, all of that and been in the building getting into work because this is an entirely new offense and new running game. I mean, it's a new offensive line. It's new everything. So it's not the same Steelers offensive line he's going to be running behind. I get that he's still, I mean, the talent's obviously there, but it's just concerning to me that, you know, being a new player, wanting to show up and wanting to prove people wrong, that he would have not been, I mean, that he wasn't in those situations and taking as much opportunity to get to know his offensive line because he's going to have to learn how to run behind that, pick up their tendency. They're going to have to realize what, it's like to have la- blocking for Le'Veon Bell because it's not the same as blocking for any other running back because he's such a patient runner. So that's going to be some adjusting. And just from, I mean, years past, yeah, he always finishes strong and he's always good. But my concern is he's always starts, he usually tends to start off a little bit, a little bit slow. And that was even with the Steelers that you, that Steelers team that he was very familiar with. The last couple of years in, and so now going into a completely new surroundings new thing and i just kind of concerned that maybe he that sluggish slow start is going to be a little bit longer than it's been in the last i mean recent history so that's my concern but i do i do see him finishing in the top five overall for the season yeah uh, well okay so let, let's for all for our listeners i want you guys to understand this I'm going to this is a dumb question, but I'm gonna ask it. Who's better? Bell or Isaiah Correll? That's I mean, that is a dumb question. <laughs> it is a very dumb question. So let me give you this. So Isaiah Correll played with the Jets last year. It was a starting running back for him, right? These are his fantasy numbers last year. Twenty-five. Six, 21, one, he'll have four rushing attempts, 33, seven, 16, four, and seven, 11, and nine, 14 before he got injured. That's not bad. I mean, it's not great, right? But if this gentleman can do that with the Jets, I, I mean, and the thing is, is Isaiah Correll didn't rush the ball more than 15 times one time. Uh, actually, 16 times. He, he ran, he, the most he's had was 16. 10, 12, 16, 4, 15, 13, 11, 13, 13. I mean, in one game, he had 21 against Tennessee. Um, we, we all know Bell's going to get 21 attempts plus, 
18 to 18 plus every game. So Embella is a way better athlete, way better talent, just overall bigger back. Um, and their line got better from, from last year. And I mean, it's not that much better, but it's better. The quarterback play got better. Um, there's no reason why Bell can't average more than double digit in fantasy in 2019 with this with this team. Um, if if Carell did it multiple times, so that is my point. Where it comes down to, it, Bell is hands down should be going in the first six picks in fantasy draft. Yeah, you make a good point there, and like I said, uh, I'm just pointing out the risks that people may be thinking of, or you know, just be cautious. But I mean, I I still would draft him yeah i mean he's my keeper in that same league we play again uh play against so i mean he's he's my keeper i'm keeping him i hope he holds out now again <laughs> oh, God, <me> too. Uh, <laughs> and then the next guy we have uh his replacement in pittsburgh james connor yeah um i this i mean i'll let you start with james connor as i pull up the stats um but James Conner and Chubb were the two, um, you know, going back to back. So I'll compare those two and give our listeners a good, good idea on why we why they're so close in the rankings. Well, obviously, with one with Conner, I think again he's playing against them behind that offensive line, which has been intact and pretty much together for the last four or five years, and they've been a dominating force. And I think which has helped out Le'Veon as well too. And I just think they continue, they're going to continue on that path. Um, the only concerns I have is maybe Jalen Samuels maybe taking some of his uh, touches away. Um, but I, I think that Connor, just amount of touches in that offense and with Big Ben, I just think that he's just going to continue and pick up where he left off last year. He would have even had a better season last year if he wasn't had that, didn't suffer that ankle sprain that took him out a couple of the games. Yeah. He missed, he missed three games. Yeah. If he wouldn't have missed those three games, I mean, we would have been talking about this guy even maybe possibly even being higher than where he is at right now, just based upon what we would have saw. But I mean, overall he still had a decent season and I think he actually probably won a lot of people fantasy football championships last year because of the people that picked him up. I know I was one of the beneficiaries of that, of picking him up in a league and, and getting to him. And I know that kind of hurt you, but that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know you probably love that. Yeah, I mean, so so Connor, let's compare these two. So we have Connor and Chubb right next to each other, right? So Chubb, obviously, is rookie year last year. Connor, Connor was second year in the league. So per game, Connor finished seventh overall in all running backs. Per game, finished seventh. So. This guy is just consistent. Missed three games, as I said earlier. Um, running behind the third best offensive line in the league. He had 215 attempts, uh, 973 rushing yards. Uh, if he would have played those additional games, it would have been over 1,000 yards. Um, the reception. So what do you say? 250 carries plus? Yeah. I mean, he. So he. So last year, he was. Before he got hurt, um, I mean, let's look at his rushing attempt before he got hurt. Uh, 21, 19, 24, 24, 13, uh, 9, 13, and 15. So then after that 15-game uh, attempt 
on week 13, he, he missed the Oakland game, New England, New Orleans. And they came back the last game of the season, week 17, they had 14 attempts. So, I mean, even if we take, you know, uh, the low average, you know, 15 attempts per game, three more, you got 45. You know, you put him over 250 attempts. It, he's still good. I mean, I mean, you, you're asking, you know, someone that's going to carry the ball 260 times. Um, in a year behind the third best offensive line in the league, um, that puts him over 1,200 yards. Um, and he, he had 12 touchdowns. So he actually started the first seven games better than Bell did. Um, so it's not like this guy's not capable of doing it. 4.5 per average, um, 12 rushing touchdowns. This guy, this guy's a beast. Um, so there's no reason why he can't do what we're expecting from this guy. Yeah. And I think that also just with the whole Nick Chubb thing, similar situations as far as, you know, missing, not, I would say not starting off. And uh, thank God that Hugh Jackson's not there to mess up that team. Man, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking, not starting Baker from the get-go or Chubb. But, I mean, obviously that's why he doesn't have a, that's why he's not coaching anymore or head coach, I should say. But, I mean, Chubb, he was another player that if you picked him up late last year and it was either you stashed him or you picked him up on the waiver, he actually came through for a lot of individuals and took him to some important games in their fantasy football leagues. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you, if you had, I mean, if you had like, let's just say Connor and, and, and you picked up Chubb and he replaced it, you're in a good situation last year, right? You didn't really lose anything because, you know, Chubb was top five running back, you know, towards the last eight games of the season. So, Going over Chubb, I really like Chubb. Chubb is Chubb is the guy I want shares in this year. So this guy, you know, they lost Duke Johnson, went to Houston, um, and I think that only helped Chubb in the reception uh, avenue. I mean, he only had 29 targets with 20 catches um, and two receiving touchdowns. So if you would assume that he is going to get more receptions, he should be up on everybody's radar. But here's the thing. He had 192 attempts versus Connor's 215 and had more yards, 998 yards uh, versus Connor that had 950, 973. Um, and remember, he didn't start off the season as a starting back. So this guy no. can have a big year. Um, yeah. if, he, if, he can, if he can just get 50% of the targets that Duke Johnson left, right? There's no reason this guy can't have 12, 1300 yards. Um, he has a good chance of leading the league in rushing, tell you the truth. Um, if, if, if he can play and, you know, Hunt doesn't come in and steal everything and steal his thunder. Um, but if, if the Browns are winning, right, and Hunt hasn't played in 10 weeks because he won't be back to week 10 um, and things are working, I mean, I can see Hunt filling in, you know, um, a role that won't take the rushing attempts away from Chubb if he's balling. So if he, if he can play that reception role and hunt does that really well, and if they have that one, two punch, you know, week 10 comes in, I want every share possible if I can get with Chubb in the first 10 weeks. No. Yeah. You're you're right. I mean, just looking at some of the numbers from last year, I mean, this guy had only 192 carries. But the big point is he had 5.2 yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards, four, four yards short of 1,000. Then the big thing, too, 
is that when I look at running backs, I also like to look at yards after contact. This guy averaged 4.47 yards after contact, which tells me this guy, when you're hitting him, when you're tackling him, he's he's going forward. He's not moving backwards. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah, also big. That's and then, awesome. I mean, he also, I mean, for the amount of games and his share, he, he was one of the leaders in the most, ex, I mean, explosive runs, 10 yards or more. He had 28 of those. So this guy can definitely take it to the house. I know the Raiders know all about that. He t- he did that twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. What, did he, didn't he? did he have a 92-yard touchdown? Yeah, that was yeah. one, 92 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, this is and, – and the thing is why I love Chubb. Like, I mean, if you compare, like, Chubb to Derrick Henry and, like – Derrick Henry had really, really big games. Chubb was consistent over that whole span, and that's what I love. That's the consistency I want to see in the running back. I don't want a running back to give me 40 and give me four, you know, or 12 or whatever the case is. He, this guy was just consistent as a starter. And, and here's the other thing that people have to understand. He's never going to face eight people in the box. Never. No. Never. never. So he has the ability to run, you know, a top 20 offensive line, uh, they they come in at number twenty, so decent offensive line, not the greatest, uh, but they can improve, right? So I, I just I love Chubb this year. Like I have him in my rankings um, above Connor, right? I want all shares in Chubb. Give me some Chubb this year. He's falling in the second round, tier two running backs. Um, but if you let's just say that you. You, you're number eight or number nine or number 10, and then you take Julio and Chubb, right? You're in a good situation. Um, I, I, I really feel like Chubb can be hey, in Russian. Naz, I think I just got a Chubb just thinking about Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, you're talking about it right now. It, you know, I was like, man, let me, let me get curious here and look at it here. So – just asking you these questions because we, we we think of these running backs as as you know studs. Who do you think last year had a better? And I talked about this earlier. Yards after contact. Who had a better average? Was it Zeke, Saquon, or Chubb? Well, I would I would assume it being uh, uh, Zeke, and then Barkley, then Chubb. But am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. Wow, Chubb let Chad Chubb be both of them. He had four point four seven, and then you had Zeke at three point one two respectively, and then you had uh, Saquon at three point three four respectively. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm he, Chubb is Chubb. I'm a fan of Chubb this year. Um, this is the guy that since Duke Johnson got traded, in he just went on my radar because the only worry is you know majority of people that do today that do fantasy do PPR. Right. And he wasn't he wasn't targeted a lot. And I just feel in the first 10 games, nine games, he's going to be targeted. I see Hunt coming in and playing that that role um, where Duke Johnson was. I I don't I I don't see him stealing the thunder from Chubb, especially if they're winning. And and I can see them and Steelers and Ravens like fighting for that spot. You know what I mean? Or somehow, you know, neck and neck going into week 10. And if things are rolling, and here's the thing. I said it I said about uh, Elliot, right? He's not playing for nine weeks. There's a good chance he could play for one week and pull the hammy, right? And then you got Chubb all year. 
because he hasn't played in nine weeks. He, I mean, what do you expect from somebody that didn't play, you know, last six games last year and misses the first nine games this year and expect him just to come in and do exactly what you're expected from him? It, it might not happen. You never know. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's an, I mean, I'm, I got another chub again just talking about him again. But <laughs> let's go over to our next two, and that's uh, Gurley and Cook. I think right now, Gurley, I mean, he's getting, you're getting the Gurley in the second round right now. And this is a guy, man, if he's healthy, he's a top three easily. And yeah. he's just, the value is just going to be enormous with a uh, Gurley. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I talked about this. It, it's, Gurley is the most value if he can stay healthy. You got, you're going to get the most value out of that guy because he's going um, tier two, a running back. Um, he's going the second round. I mean, realistically, a lot of mock drafts that I do, hundreds of mock drafts, you got Kelsey going before Gurley. And that's scary, right? That's that's scary that you're getting a tight end that's going ahead of the number one running back in the past few years. And I know the knee issues, tendonitis, but in camp right now, reading the reports on Roto World, he looks good. He looks good. Um, he's He's not... We, we don't know, right? I mean, the, what I what I told a lot of people today to, speaking about fantasy is that I just want to see him out there before I draft. Just give me one preseason. Give me one drive. Let me just see how you look out there, right? They already said they weren't going to do that for us. I know. I know. It's like it's a tease. We're, we're, it's a strip club all over again, right? Um, <laughs> no, that's why we don't go to a strip club because it's just a tease, right? But here it comes down to this. It's like. If, if I can just see what he looks like, he'll probably move up my radar. I just, he's girly and he's only 26, 25 years old. So it's not like we're talking about a back that's 28, 30 years old. He's 25, right? So I want that. I mean, I'm not scared of his age. I'm not scared of his ability. His offensive line is good. He's familiar with the offense. It's not new. Like I love to have Gurley in the second round. And and to tell you the truth, if I got Chubb in the first and Gurley fell to me in the second and I got those two, you can kiss fantasy goodbye if, if, if Gurley can stay healthy. Um, but the risk factor. So, um, yeah, g- give me your feedback on that. Tell me what you think. But, I mean, before we, before we get into stats, um, we could talk about it. No, I mean, you hit it right there. I mean, Gurley being – he has the potential and it's just that knee thing that's holding us up and which is really what's driving it down. And it's kind of like the stock market. You, the, you talk about something news and you bait go based on that. And I mean, that's, what's driving down his stock right now, but as the closer we get and we get to the season, I, I do anticipate him going a little bit moving up on the ADP because I think people are going to start getting a little bit smart about it. And, you know, Take willing to take the risk. I know I'm willing to take the risk, and I mean, I hope by the time our drafts come around that he's there in the second round because I, I would snatch him up. Um, and so yeah, I mean, and again, it's just the guy's gonna give you. He's in a good offense. Uh, Sean McVay's offense is tailored to the Gurley. the The Rams move as Gurley moves, and it's just a different offense when he's in the he's in there. And I think he's another guy that you really can't stop stack the box. Correct. I mean, you, 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 you can't, because if you do that, 
then you're you're exposing yourself and just with the different formations and variations that they run on the Rams is just it just makes it easy it, I mean it just he he has the best opportunities to run correct correct so I mean so currently right now in the ECR ECR rankings the expert rankings the average he's he's 11th overall right so it's not like we're not in that same range where all the other experts are, are ranking him. So it, it just yes. didn't, didn't, don't you know that we are experts? Yeah. I said other experts. <laughs> yeah. Other experts. Um, so, you know, with, with the, with, with Gurley and cook, cook is our number 10. They have Gurley at 11. They have cook at 10. Um, so there, it's, it's pretty close. We have nine and 10 Gurley at nine cook at 10. So I just want to compare these two. Now, here's the thing, right? We talked about Gurley. Uh, let's talk about Cook a little bit. So I, I think Cook can be the next Aaron Foster, right? You mentioned that. Yes, I, I, I think he has a skill set. He has everything that we see, but he's actually faster than Aaron Foster. Um, the problem is, is he can't stay healthy. And my worry is, is... I have him at 10, but they have this rookie running back from Ohio State that in the preseason looks really good. Um, and, you know, everybody's talking about Alexander as being the guy that you got to have. If you're drafting Cook and you don't pick up Alexander as a handcuff, you have committed fantasy sin one-on-one. Um, because either one of these guys can be a top 10 running back. Um, this guy Alexander, and, and let's to go over it. This guy, he's he's five eleven, two hundred twenty pounds from Abozi State. Um, I mean, he's he squats six hundred something pounds. This guy is a beast. He looked really good in the preseason. Um, I think he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Um, you have to handcuff it. It, it just just make sure that's our advice from Fantasy Bums One Hundred and One. This is one running back that if you're taking Cook, like you're taking Gurley, these are the two running backs that you're handcuffing um, because you just don't know what you're going to get from them. But either way, you want you want shares in that run game. So make sure you're taking the handcuffs for both of these running backs. Do not commit that sin. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so just, I mean, Gurley's Gurley, right? 250, 256 attempt, uh, over 1,200 rushing yards. Here's the big thing with Gurley, why everybody loves Gurley. 17 rushing touchdowns led the NFL. Um, he, You would think that he would have more targets. He had 81 targets with 59 receptions, a little bit over 580 yards, um, and... 14 receiving touchdowns. The guy had 21 touchdowns. Uh, he, he's he's the best red zone option. Um, him and Kamara in the NFL. Um, they have they have a. I mean, I know Murray is you know leads in the past three years, but Murray's not Kamara, and he's not he's not Gurley. Uh, these are these are two best red zone rushers in the league. They just know how to score touchdowns. Um, with Cook. It's what you expect from this guy, right? What we're leaning on. That's why he's in the top 10. Same thing you would see with, uh, 
you know, you see with Adam Jones, you see with, uh, you know, other running backs in the league currently right now, the potential is there. And the potential is there with Cook. So he could have a huge breakout year. Yeah, I, I believe, I, I think so. And I'm, I'm hoping so. And he's one of the one of another players that I'm excited about. And again, I, he's in a good situation, good offense, has some stud receivers, um, good blocking tight end. And I, I think that another year when the Gary Kubiak, well, having Gary Kubiak join the team as a offensive, uh, a consultant to what they already have. Basically they're running his system and now he's coming over to, you know, be a consultant. I just think that running game is going to pick up. I mean, everywhere Gary Kubiak's been, the offensive running game has been being pretty stout. So I think that's, that's just another bonus right there in itself. Do you have, I mean, this is, I mean, do you have worry that he only played 11 games last year? No, I, I mean, because we, we, we actually talked about this uh, before, and I think that usually on an injury like this for the normal not AP individual, it usually takes two years. So the, the second year, I mean, they usually get back to at least close to where they were, and I think this is year two. And I think the confidence, mainly the confidence is going to be in that need to have him not be in his head and be able to make those cuts. So I think that you know he'll he'll be he'll he'll be there. The ACL, you're talking about the ACL tear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we yeah we did talk about that offline regarding you know people even with Cooper Cup you know they're expecting Cooper Cup to come back and have this great year. We just don't see it a lot. I mean, I know AP did it, um, but it is he did come off of a ACL tear. Um, it does take him you know a good year to get back, even though he played last year 11 out of 17 games. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he can come back healthy, and I'm I'm hoping uh, this is this could be a big year. He finished 31 in running backs, 25 per game. Now the only problem is is that if you take him 10th overall and he he, he finishes in the top 20, the value is not there. So um, pick, yeah, yeah, we just we just got to make sure this guy stay healthy and just make sure. Remember what we said on fantasy bums, you got to handcuff these guys. Um, yeah. Both of these guys or automatic handcuffs in fantasy football. And, and all the guys we talked about, I know we said something with Elliot, um, but Cook and Todd are the two main guys that people need a handcuff. And that could be a separate, a whole separate show in itself. And I think maybe we'll look at doing, maybe we can do a show on just uh, on one of our next podcasts, just talk about the handcuffs must. And I mean, that's what we can do. But yeah, if you don't protect yourself and, get the insurance policy, then you're pretty much committing sin and you're going to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love our top 10. Um, I hope that I, I can change your mind a little bit on Chubb and get him up. So Chubb can be, um, up there, but, um, it, our Dude, I, 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 if you keep mentioning Chubb, I'm, I'm just going to keep getting Chubbs and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 already thinking about move. I'm already you know just talking about him. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he 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 should, he should be on everybody's radar as you know. I he's he's the top. He's the, on my tier two. He's my top running back. Um, hey, matter of fact, Chubb might be my new secret code for uh, bedroom talk. Chubb. I love- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, guys. Yeah. Well, this is uh, 
our top 12, I mean, our top 10. And, you know, we're pre- uh, really happy with what we pre- gave you guys the content information. I know that this is going to be very uh, useful. And I know just from us talking through it, I mean, I, I'm feeling even more confident in our decisions and also even thinking about even moving some people around and just thinking about the possibilities. So uh, thank you, Naz, for jumping on with us tonight and, you know, making it happen. And I know that, you know, when we talk about fantasy football, we, we say we're going to talk for, you know, 30 minutes, but it goes an hour long. And I mean, we can just talk fantasy all day. All night. Right. So, yeah, I'm excited. Tomorrow we'll work on um, 11 through 20, and then we're going to go to our wide receivers, our quarterbacks, and tight ends. So this week we'll squeeze that out for everybody, all our listeners, um, and just go over in detail why we rank our guys where they need to be, um, and then have a a list out there for you guys' draft um, that you guys can obviously download and get from us um, so you guys be ready for your 2019 fantasy draft. All right, this is Fantasy Bums. Till next time, guys. Catch you.